It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Island News Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, where were you when Josh Hosang scored his first NHL goal? Well, right afterwards, I was you know, I blacked out and right afterwards I found myself on my knees praising the skies and the heavens. Just so happy to have him. Uh it's he's he's been a breath of fresh air in a in a season that's had a lot of breaths of fresh air, which is kinda cool. 
Yeah, no, that's definitely how, how I would describe uh, the way he's played. Um, the Islanders have 13 games left in their season. They just split a home-at-home uh, series with the Carolina Hurricanes by the skin of their teeth. They won a, They got blown out in the first game in one of the most demoralizing displays I've seen in a long time from from this team or any other team, and I, and I watch the Jets too. I'll remind you of that. Uh, but... Uh, they won the second game in overtime, uh, thanks in large part to a great assist by Josh Hosang to John Tavares. Uh, you know, part of me was like, wow, that was an awesome play and an awesome assist. And I, I, I mean, the two guys that I'm really into totally hooking up on a great goal that means a lot. But I immediately thought to myself, Josh, please don't ever do that unless John Tavares is literally a foot behind <laughs> you. <laughs> and you can see him and he can see you and you guys are on the same wavelength because I've seen, you know, lots of tri- lots of people try and drop passes to John Tavares and they don't always end up in the back of the net in overtime uh for two huge points. But it was still an exciting play. Yeah, and and I I think you could definitely argue that he got away with an interference there, which I kind of like. That, that <laughs> I noticed yeah. that too today on the fifth or so replay I watched of it. Like, hey, wait a minute, he's kind of pushing the guy off there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but that's kind of cool. Like he's a uh, he, he kind of had the balls to pull that off and and say, you know what? I know John Tavares is behind me, and I'm gonna take <laughs> two defensemen with me, and yeah, yeah. kind of just push them into the corner. Is great. Yeah. Um. My favorite thing about him, and you know, on the way of sort of before we recorded sort of thinking about what we're going to talk about and, you know, not wanting to, to, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves, but at the same time sort of talk about uh, what's been going on and where they're, they're going. And it occurred to me that I think my favorite thing about his play has been his ability to take it or get a scoring chance or take a shot and then, Get the puck back, like retrieve the puck again and try for another shot or another scoring opportunity or another pass to something. And it sounds like a small thing. And of course, I have absolutely no empirical data to back this up. But I feel like he's the only Islander to actually kind of do that. And it was like you talk about being a change of pace and like a refreshing a breath of fresh air. Man, that's a thing that I don't remember seeing too many other Islanders doing. Maybe Bailey has done it this year because he's had a pretty good season and he's had real chemistry with, with Tavares and Lee. And I feel like maybe Ryan Strom in the last couple of weeks since the coaching change. And I guess we'll talk about that a little later too. But I feel like it's a routine thing with, with Hosang where he'll take a shot, it'll get saved and he'll just go right back after it again and get it again yeah. and set it up again. And that is some, that is an element that the Islanders have not had. And man, it, it's great to see. <laughs> yeah. And in that same regard, I, I was actually had messaged Arthur Stapes that yesterday saying, I've never seen somebody so quickly find out where the space is. Like he, he right. just finds crazy amounts of space in all situations. And like defensively, he knows where to be. Like he's figured out where to be, where he can then turn defense into offense real quick. And then in the offensive zone, he's finding just a pocket to kind of unleash. Uh, his, he's very quick on his, on his toes. And it's, it's been a, he's been a joy to watch. And it's one of my, my favorite thing. My favorite thing about him is that we have him and everybody else wants him. <laughs> my second, and my second favorite thing is how perfectly balanced if he continues, obviously it's only been a handful of games. But if say if this is the kind of player, what he's showing us, it, this is who he is. He's he's like kind of the polar opposite to Tavares in a very Kane and Taves way. I think John Tavares is obviously a much better player than uh, John Ta- John Taves, and I think that Patrick Kane is probably a little bit better than Hosang at this point. But but <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of dynamic I see out of the two of them. We got the, the the serious hard worker, very good player, and then the kind of flashier 
you know, maybe a little brash guy on the other side. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I, the number one thing I think of when I think of Hosang, and, and by the way, thank you very much. I don't know if he listens to us, probably doesn't, but thank you very much to Brendan Burke, uh, Islanders play-by-play guy, for making it clear that it is Hosang, with the uh, it was emphasis on the first part of his last name, not Hosang, which we had been calling him for a while. It's apparently Hosang, so you know <laughs> that now. Uh, and his dad's name is Wayne, so Wayne Hosang can now replace Fritz Nielsen as the dad, you know, the Islanders' dad. It's like, hey, there he is. It's Wayne, so... Um, that looks, that's pretty cool. But, um, the thing I think the most about when I think of Hosang over these last few games, and, it, and let's, you know, let's dial it back a second. It's only been like eight games. He's got six points in those eight games and, you know, five in the last, th- uh, no, it's six points in the last five, which is great. Um, is he brings a ton of energy. And that's, again, something that we haven't seen from a lot of Islanders for a long time. And even when they were playing well, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, you know, these guys are a bunch of bums and they're just kind of like lackadaisical out there because some guys don't play with a ton of energy. You know, Joe Thornton is not a guy who I would describe as being energetic, but all he does is get three assists every game and, you know, makes the Sharks one of the best teams in the league. Um, but he, Hoseng is just out there and he's doing these things. Every time he touches the ice, something happens. Like you, like you mentioned before, he finds space. He's great in the neutral zone. He just, he doesn't have, he has no use for the neutral zone at all. I'm sure our friend Garrick loves him because he just carries in. <laughs> straight to the neutral zone he doesn't stop at the blue line he just keeps on going and like i said he you know he takes a shot or he, or he passes the puck gets loose he's back on it again and that's just those are elements that the islanders haven't really had and you know again brock nelson has had good some good moments when he's a player but i wouldn't call him an, an energetic player Anders lee again is a good player i wouldn't call him energetic um Ryan Strom has shown some energy lately. Uh, nobody, I'm not the first to say this. Nobody has benefited from the coaching change more than him, but even he's not like, this is, this is on a whole other level that we haven't seen before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if he can counterbalance some of the more, you know, sort of methodical or, or thinking guys on the team with a, a jolt of energy and keep it up. Like that's the thing too. I mean, the dude's 22. Whatever it is, this is his eighth game. I'm sure he's got a ton of energy. He's got energy to spare. You know, hopefully this time next year when he's a regular, it's still that's still the way he plays. Yeah, and also just I hate I hate walk off interviews in, in any sport, <laughs> and or like you know yeah. behind the bench interviews. I I tend to yeah. just like zone out or turn turn the channel or whatever. Uh, he gave one yesterday that was great. Uh, actually, I when they said it was going to be him, I said I would check it out. The dude, the dude can talk. Uh, he, mm. you can tell he thinks the game very at like a very high level and you can almost see how appreciative he is of the chance and like he which may be like the whole you know him oversleeping getting kicked out of camp running the stairs of the Coliseum you know maybe this is that's that's all good stuff you know that's a teenager kind of learning you know you you better kind of abide by these rules and he's 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 on his basically he's on his last chance already uh, at mm-hmm. least with the Islanders, and uh, uh, and th- that's going to show in his play that he's he's got, he knows this is to take this opportunity, and he can't and he can't you know screw up uh, again. So I think that we're seeing him at like the time for this type of player. Uh, this this team needs that type of player, and with the new coach as, as well. Like it's just everything is kind of came together like a nice perm, and uh, he's taking it and running with it. It's it's. It's really a lot. Makes it makes the games almost must watch, uh, and not yeah. just for Islander fans. I would say I would say that fans <laughs> from all the, the like a couple of years ago. Remember we, when we talk about it a lot? People were like, "Oh, the Islanders are so much fun to watch." So, the last year at the Coliseum, they're so much fun. They're so much fun. 
I think people are starting to tune back in now because they want to see number I've seen people take the side of Josh Hosang in a way I have not seen people take the side of an Islander in a very, very long time, if ever in my entire lifetime. Uh, they find the the number thing hilarious. They think Penguins fans are being silly, and, and frankly, they are, or anybody that, that finds a problem with that number. And uh, they are just into it. And like you said, I mean, this is making the team – you know, I don't want to say must say must see TV, but they're definitely tuning in to watch and play, and and it's the kind of thing that this team really could use. Um, one thing about walk off interviews, I'm with you. Most of the time, they don't say anything. If it's ever a Nick Letty or John Tavares walk off interview, just go get something drink or go to the bathroom because they're never going to say anything interesting. The the greatest walk off interview of all time was the Travis Hamanick one when uh, against the Rangers when he was talking to John Giannone of MSG and. I forget what Giannone asked him, but Travis's answer was, uh, "I'm not telling you. You're the Rangers broadcast." <laughs> that was the only. That's the only good walk-off interview in the in the history of the Islanders and MSG. Yeah. Travis being, and of all the play, from all the places too. I didn't think Travis. Would and say there was there was like that, that gem once when Grabowski referred to Bailey as the Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, that was pretty. Yeah, funny but too. I mean, I I, I only saw the clip, but uh, yeah, yeah I th- I just think that those those are horrible. Yeah. They, they they are and and it's no fault of of Shannon Hogan. She does as, as good a job as she can. Oh, and Hosang also his first walk off interview with Shannon. He had one skate on because he had to take his skate yeah. off for whatever reason, and he was like leaning on her. And you're watching it on TV, and you're like, why is his arm on her shoulder? Are they like, I don't know, really really friendly or something? <laughs> and then she, somebody tweeted a picture of, of and she was like, no, he needed le- to me to lean on because he had to take his skate off. And there's a picture of him with one skate on and one barefoot. And yeah, I mean, it's it's great. He ends. He lends a real air of unpredictability and fun to what has. And I mean, you and I have gone back and forth about this now for two seasons. <laughs> maybe maybe it's our fault since we started the podcast. They've been playing like this, but you know, it's become a very staid sort of stale product. And and that doesn't mean that they weren't winning. I mean, there were some stretches where they won, but even when they won, it was you know to to borrow a phrase from Jack Capuano, R.I.P. Jack Capuano. Um, it was because they stayed within the structure and they stayed within the game plan and they didn't give up and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And it's true, but it's fun to see this kind of thing. And, and I wonder if whether it's maybe this season at the end of his junior season, hopefully that goes on a long time and, you know, he wins a Memorial Cup or something. But maybe at some point we see Hosang and Barzal, Matthew Barzell combine for you know, all kinds of cool stuff that, like you said, make the, make the Islanders, you know, a team that other people want to watch, not just us. Yeah. I think, uh, bars that, that it's, you get to that funny part of the season where, where you're kind of rooting, rooting against the team of, uh, of your, your top prospect. Like, you know, all, all respect to Seattle Thunderbird fans or, you know, whatever they're called, but I, I we need him. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> just because now I'm kind of addicted to this, this feeling I'm getting with Jose, Jose, excuse me, Ho saying, and now yeah. <laughs> I want I want to feel that again with Barzal now that he's had a uh, but he's got the mumps. Yeah, he does. He's got the <laughs> man the Pacific, the Pacific Northwest and the mumps. Yeah, that's really sucks. I mean, in a way, I'm glad he got it with Seattle and not with the Islanders, like when they were out in Vancouver or something like that. But um, yeah, that 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 kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like I I kind of want to see him win a Memorial Cup, but uh, at the same time, it would be fun to see him, you know, come up with the Islanders and. Um, you know that they're in a position now that, quite frankly, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're in. I mean, I, we were just talking before. If you go back and listen to 
a lot of our earlier shows. And, and by the way, just to let people in on a little bit of the process here. So our shows are hosted on SoundCloud, like, you know, half of every other podcast out there. Uh, SoundCloud charges you money and I don't want to pay for the unlimited hosting. So, cause I'm cheap. So I only pay for the somewhat, you know, uh, I guess I don't know what, not their pro plan, but whatever the middle tier plan is. So we can host, I don't know, about five or six episodes and then the other ones sort of disappear. Uh, so you can only go back a little bit further, but you don't have to go back too far to hear you and I, on here talking about how the season has gone sideways. This isn't what we signed up for. Uh, they need to make changes. One of those changes came about. They uh, fired Jack Capuano and replaced him with Doug Wade. And, man, you talk about great quotes. I mean, every every game is another one from Wade. He's, he's another one who's just brought a ton of energy. Uh, his facial expressions behind the bench are hilarious. You, you don't need to be a lip reader to see what he's saying. <laughs> Uh, when the call doesn't go their way, he was he um, was like that. I feel like in his first couple of seasons as an assistant, he was like that. I yeah. remember they'd flash to him and and you know you could see he was mad, but he didn't want to give it away and behind flipping out. Yeah, so I think yeah no did. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember the, you know, yeah, Jack would be standing there and Doug is like over his shoulder, like barking like. And a then dog, like Jack you know? would be like, "Calm down, Doug, calm down." <laughs> so, uh, I do, but I, do I mean, miss he's... Capuano a little bit. Just, I mean, just the person. I, I miss too. the person. Yeah. Oh, we've well, I've said before. I find personally, I find Jack Capuano to be probably a very delightful person, and I'm actually I'm kind of hoping that you know Arthur Staple was on um, an episode of the PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich, and if if you haven't listened to it, I mean, I was I tw- I must have tweeted it three or four times on Twitter the day it came out. If you haven't listened to it, by all means, go and listen to it because it's really really illuminating. Uh, I know that a lot of times, you know, when sort of out of towners start talking about the Islanders, they show that they have no idea what the heck they're talking about. Dimitri's not like that. He he asks really interesting questions and Arthur gives really interesting answers and a lot of it is very illuminating and we'll talk about the goalies I guess in a minute, but um you know, one of the things that uh that uh he said, uh, I can't totally can't remember what it was now, but uh you know, he, he was just saying that um he talks to, to he's talked to Jack a couple of times since he uh he got fired, and uh, I'm hoping that at some point there's, you know, an interview and and we hear about some stuff because I I really, you know, I, I'm as much as as anybody. I felt that the team needed a change, and obviously I'm pretty happy with the way it's turned out, and Wade's been really good. But you know, I, I I hope he lands on his feet, and hey, you never know, he might be coaching in Vegas next year. So that's the way it seems like it might be going. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, right. Especially, but anyway, because of the McPhee, <laughs> the McPhee thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that he's he brings a bit of a, you know, NHL uh, experience without the NHL price tag, maybe. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I also can't see Michelle Terrian out there doing that or Gerard Gallant. No, no. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, there's been a lot of energy, there's been a lot of excitement, and you know, if you go back and and listen to some earlier shows, we were pretty depressed, but they're right now they're a tiebreaker ahead of Tampa Bay for that eighth spot. And it's going to go back and forth. After they lost that game on Monday, I thought they were cooked. They, they, their playoff chances dropped like 25%. And I was like, Oh my God, here we go. And after all that road trip, you know, staying afloat on the road trip, it fell apart and here they are. But then that win again, put them back over the top. The Leafs got their butts kicked in Florida. So all of a sudden, you know, the Islanders in Tampa are right there and the Leafs are in, you know, whatever it is, 10th place. So it's going to be like this from here on out. And uh, I guess that's really all you can ask for, you know, considering how they started the first half of the season for 40 games. Yeah, definitely. And and also another thing is that 
the way the division played in the first half, you just thought it was gone and it was over. Uh, um, because of the way the Blue Jackets came out of the gate, the Rangers, the Penguins are being the Penguins, the Capitals are being the pap- Capitals. So it's basically the, there's always just going to be one wild card up for grabs, and there were so many teams in between us and and that spot that you just never thought it was. So to, just to even be in contention is, uh, I guess, more than you could have asked for on, on you know November 1st or even like Christmas. So uh, right. kudos, kudos to the team for that, and and, apo- <laughs> and apologies, I guess, a little bit for giving giving up on, giving up on everyone. Yeah, I forget where, but but Dom said it the best. Like at, at the, I think it was in a Q and A he did with um, uh, the Copper and Blue uh, blog that that covers the Oilers before that game. You know, basically the Islanders just kind of turned into where we thought they would be. You know, after all that that first half of you know bad bad losses in the last three minutes of a game and and games they should have won and long losing streaks and you know the the three goalie circus and everything. I mean, the Islanders ended up being a bubble team, which is kind of what I think most of us put them at. Um, not as good as last year, you know, which is where they had a hundred points, but definitely in the top half of the conference. And, you know, kind of here they are. Now, that being said, yeah, they got a long way to go. And again, it's going to just be flip flopping. Um, and, you know, then there, you got the added extras of the expansion draft, the John Tavares contract. Sure. You know, I actually I mean, want to bring what... that up, if you don't mind. The, the Tavares thing, because Arthur Staples said something on the PDO cast that freaked me out. That yeah. if, it, if it's not settled by July 1st, then it's a really bad sign. Which kind of, or, yeah. or like right after July 1st, I guess. What he, he, he said July, July 4th, 4th, to be yes. perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> that's really frightening. Yeah, yeah. And and I said this, and I put this in, I added the whole conversation to uh our John Tavares tells the Maple Leafs to get lost encyclopedia, um, which is now up to like 5,000 words, by the way. Um, but yeah, it, that kind that conversation, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that conversation really put into stark terms that, wow, we're really coming down to the wire on this thing. Like there's going to be a decision made very, very shortly. And Craig Custins at ESPN wrote a thing about how, you know, the final 20 games of the season, whatever it was, was going to determine whether or not Tavares stays. I don't really buy that because everything Tavares has said, hasn't gone to that he's he's said that it's more about the relationships he's created over the last eight years and you know where the team is going to go in the future which is apparently you know was what staple uh was talking about so i feel like there's enough there to get things done but yeah when you when you put a time clock when you put a time limit on something you put a clock on something all of a sudden it's it's like a an action movie you know where there's like a time bomb and you have to like you know, keep the bus over 55 miles an hour to, you know, keep it from exploding or 85 miles an hour to keep it from exploding. And I feel like we're into that level now. And, you know, to, in fairness, I think Tavares is focused on the playoffs, but, you know, eventually that, that ride's going to come to an end, whether it's in the playoffs or not. And that's, he's going to be the main topic of conversation, whether he wants it to be or not. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I guess, you know, not, not to get too deep into it, but it's just that, that he just hearing that coming from staple. Uh, who, who, you know, I trust with my life at this point, uh, really, really kind of like I was listening to that podcast and really enjoying it. And then my mouth just went dry. He said that because I'll be sitting, I'm, yeah. I, I could picture myself at a July 4th barbecue, just sitting down, <laughs> wondering if, if life is going to be worth it on July 5th. Yeah, no, I, I thought the same exact thing. And I, I don't think he's meant it like as in a, you know, July 4th, Independence Day, <laughs> huh, thing kind of thing. I think he was just saying, you know. If, if the matter isn't settled by, you know, early in July, 
uh, it would be a problem and they're going to have to trade him. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would turn around and trade him on July 4th and, and whatever, but... Uh, you know, if he's not, you know, they would know the lay of the land essentially by that point. And if he's willing to negotiate, if he's willing to, you know, look at certain things. And, um, you know, we don't know what, what John Ledecky and Scott Malkin tell, talk, say to John Tavares. I mean, he seems to say that he sees them. He says hello. They talk. I don't know what, what his agent says. Um, he's said nothing but good things about being an Islander. Hopefully that continues. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's just so many things up in the air that I just kind of have to like, hope and, and pray and you know I, I don't know if i definitely don't want to see him go anywhere else whether it's because he got traded or signed there but uh you know at this point I, I almost don't want to think about it and i get what you're saying like when it came up it was like oh no but and because you, you take i mean you take arthur's word over everybody's because that's who he is um so when he says it it's true when some guy from you know the vancouver province says something i'm not willing to believe yeah but, <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> yeah, all right, moving on. Um, but another thing that, that Arthur brought up in that, in that interview, um, was the goaltending situation because Dimitri had been joking for a long time about wanting to get to the bottom of who JF Barubi is and why he's been on the team the whole time. And, uh, you know, that brings us up to today where Barubi started Monday against the Hurricanes. Totally plausible place to play your backup goalie after, you know, riding your starter for basically the entire road trip, you know, nine game road trip. And he got bombed. He got bombed for four really, really terrible goals. They were all awful. Um, and Cam Ward gave up four awful goals too. But, uh, Waite chose to pull Barubi and Thomas Grice came in and he gave up three really awful goals and then one penalty shot goal to Jeff Skinner. That was pretty good and the only legit goal in the entire game. So now, and then Grice came back the next day. Played very, very well against Carolina. He made a couple of really crazy saves in that game and kept the team in it. But now it becomes, what are they going to do with Yarrow Halak still in Bridgeport? And Doug Wade himself opened up the possibility of saying they were going to talk about it. Well, here it is Wednesday. They're playing tomorrow, and there has not been a call-up. So what would you do? Do you think he's going to get called up? Yes. Or yeah, no? yeah, I think, I think he's got to. And, and I think it's not so much as to supplant Grice as it is to support Grice because uh, – you can't have what happened against the Hurricanes happen again. Uh, it's just not – you just can't have your goalie put you in that much of a – when you score four goals, you need to win, especially when you're chasing points like the Islanders are. Yeah. So it just has it has to happen. And this is something we talked about with Brian Compton a couple weeks ago, that it's, it, it comes down to if Garcino is willing to admit, you know, all right, maybe – you can he can either look at it one way. It's like it's it's the way I feel like Garth is is he doesn't want to admit that he made the mistake of sending Halak down and costing the team points. But he could look at it the other way that all right maybe this rerouted his career like like Doug Waite was saying and now he's coming up hmm. and it could make Snow look kind of like a genius for doing it. So hopefully he just kind of puts his pride away and calls him up. Obviously there were some yeah. definitely some behind the scenes issues there with him. Hopefully they just yeah. say listen you just keep your mouth shut and we'll we'll keep you up here. For now, and probably until the end of his contract, unless uh, somebody, and there are definitely some teams that could use him next year, four and a half million dollars for one year isn't terrible, but uh, mm. just let him ride it out, stay out of each other's way. We, he's he's shown what he can do, especially in the playoffs. If, you know, God forbid Grice gets hurt. I think Grice is a de facto number one, and just doesn't make sense not to have him up here right now at all. I am going to take the opposite tack, not because I think you're wrong, but because I don't think they're going to call him up. And the more I think about it, the more I, I really don't think they're going to call him up for a couple of reasons. Um, Michael Fornabio, who is the um, 
uh, beat writer for the Soundtrackers. He was on the uh, Point Blank podcast today. He also wrote it, and he he alluded to this article, which he actually posted tonight about Yarrow and how he's been totally professional being down there, and he's actually been a bit of a teacher down there. Like he talks to the the defenseman about you know how to block shots in such a way that he's not being screened and, and he gives tips to guys and he spends his you know weekends or off days, which for you know the HL could be all week basically, uh, back on Long Island with his family. Uh and he's just been a totally professional player. Um you know he's not quoted that much in the story. Mostly it's other players and Brent Thompson. Um and my whole thing is that I don't know that they would bring him up to be a backup because I don't think he wants to be a backup. I think he wants to be the starter. And part of me thinks that why he's been so successful in Bridgeport and he's got, I think he's, he's been played 24 games on there. I forget what his actual record is. But I think he's won like 16 of them. He's got like a two, a nine, two, four save percentage. He's got two shutouts. He's playing like an NHL goalie in, a, in the AHL. Um, I think part of that is because he's playing almost every day. He's got, you know, backup was a young guy. He's, um, Eamon McAdam is it is now. Uh, Stephen Williams was before that. I just think he likes playing every day. Now he doesn't like playing in the AHL, I'm sure. But if he came up to the NHL, you know they've now given Thomas Grison a contract extension to the idea with the idea that he's going to be their starter going forward. So, uh, you know, I totally forgot about this until the Point Blank podcast. But you know, there was that blow up in Minnesota where Yarrow got pulled and he kind of stormed out of the room and he didn't like talk to his teammates or any reporters or anything after the game. So I get what you're saying about Garth, you know, admitting to mistake, bringing the guy up, or like you said, spinning it in such a way like, you know, Doug Waite was saying, uh, you know, earlier to, uh, I guess it was Arthur Staple that, you know, we wanted Yarrow to restart his career and reset himself and he's done that. Um, so either way, they could bring him up and do that. But I just, I feel like if he comes up here, he's not going to want to back up. He's going to want to play at least every other day. And I don't know what his relationship is like with Grice, but I mean, maybe if they split time, that's fine. And then, you know, hopefully he's better than the 904 goalie he was when they sent him down. Uh, if they can put all that, you know, behind themselves and say, okay, well, this gives us a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I don't really see any of that happening. And again, I don't think you're wrong. I would call him up too, but. I just I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like that's likely. Knowing what we know about the Islanders, it right? And I, and I think now it's a, I think you can't. There's something weird with the contracts where they can't send Berube down, so they'd have to go to th- three yeah. goalies, right? You're saying so. It's just it's yeah. just very, very three goalies with the with the knowledge that Berube he just ain't gonna right. play. Like there's just you ain't playing. But, <laughs> and then I I guess maybe that makes it a little easier saying you know man, not only you're gonna help you scratch the games, but you're not gonna play in practice until everyone's off the ice and you, you can get some work in. But I, 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 I just think that it, it just makes too much sense. If, if this team is truly going to push for a spot, you have to, you have to go with the two, your best roster. And that's obviously the two NHL goalies rather than the one NHL goalie and the, the guy who's just getting lit up. And, um, yeah. And not looking particularly just, good in <laughs> doing it. And, and, and you just, I, I mean, I don't think, and I also like think about games where like what if what if what happened to Grube happened to Grice in a in a playoff game like a couple quick goals mm. and you could just tell right away he doesn't have mm. it and then Doug Waite's option it's kind of like with with Nabokov and Poulin you know like <laughs> the only option was to turn to Kevin yeah. Poulin well if the only option is to turn to JF Berube it's it's you know that game's pretty much <laughs> done it dusted <laughs> yeah no definitely and and you know it's it's funny too like uh, watching that game you know there was a lot to 
to not like about that game against Carolina. But the more I thought about it, the more I really felt bad for JF Barube. You know, I mean, okay, he's making NHL money, which is more than you or I will ever see in our lifetimes in a single year. But at the same time, like, this is a dude who came to the Islanders for a totally legitimate reason. They needed a goalie. Yarrow was hurt. Uh, they picked him up off of waivers. He had just come off an AHL championship and things were looking okay. And from that moment on, this dude has watched his career literally just fall by the wayside. I mean, they never played him. He played in, you know, he's played in 20 games over two seasons. And it's not like he comes in and his lights out. Like now he's coming in and he's getting bombed by the Carolina Hurricanes. They got a guy named Walmart, Walmart. I didn't even, I didn't even heard of this guy before. And, and, you know, all of a sudden he's out there. Jacob Slavin, Jacob Slavin's a nice player. I definitely heard of the guy. He's a pretty good player, but he should not be scoring hat tricks against you. And, you know, two, I guess two of those goals came against Barubi. And it's just, he, he didn't look like he had ever played before. Like they were just slipping mm-hmm. under the pad. That's the worst to me. I'm not a goalie, but when they slip under the pads like that, when the puck slips under the pads, that's, is just me. That's just, that tells me that you're not square, you're not hitting the marks where you should because, you know, I could equate my job performance <laughs> to not, you know, being fully focused at the same time too. And, <laughs> and I know what that's like and I can see it there. And, and you just feel bad like this guy just, you know, I mean, okay, maybe he was not going to be a great goalie. Like maybe he was going to be a, a career NHL backup and that's fine. But like they never gave a chance. It's almost the opposite of the of the Al Montoya situation. Like Al Montoya was a guy I really was rooting for. And apparently Don Maloney called up Garth Snow when he was the GM of the, the Coyotes and was like, hey, man, I got to get this guy's got to play. He's in the ECHL now. I got to give this guy to somebody. He's got to play somewhere. And Garth was like, oh, OK, sure. And, you know, he played pretty well. And he's carved out an NHL career for himself as a backup. And he's done pretty well for himself because of the times he played, he played well. And here is, you know, Barube. They just lucked into him, this guy with a pedigree, and have just whittled away his career to nothing. And I feel bad for him. Like it's it's not it's not right. It's not right what happened like that. I think I think we've said before on this podcast that he definitely. I feel like he has grounds to sue uh, for some damages. But yeah, I, I just it's tough. It's I think that the goals that game were bad. I think Doug Waite also said before the game how he said this is a really big game for for J- JF. I guess that's. Is that how you say? Would you say John Francois or would you say JF? I think he said JF. I got some silly nickname like Ruber or yeah. something like that. But yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they so he said this is a really big game for him. And for some reason, when I heard, when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, I think Barube is gonna really step mm. up. And then they did it. Yeah. Oof, yeah, <laughs> it was bad. bad. Way. It was really yeah, ugly. Was... But hey, he's gonna be on the roster for the rest of the year. Right. So I mean, like like you said, more money than. You can shake a stick right. at, but I just, I mean, what is what? Like, it, you know, let's fast forward to the end of the year. Um, he's not going to make the minimum uh, games played, so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And it's like, I mean, are the Islanders really going to resign this guy? Like, wh- what would be the purpose of resigning him <laughs> if they're just going to have him sit around again? Um, you know, part of me wonders if if Halak might be interesting to Las Vegas because he's only got that one year left. And I mean, money shouldn't really be an object to them. And to me, if I was George McPhee, he would not because I'd be helping Garth out, but because, you know, this guy's got one year left on his deal. He's a good goalie and he can probably win some games. But at the same time, like you're not beholden to this dude forever the way you would be for like a Marc-Andre Fleury or something like that. But it depends on if he wants a name recognition. So I don't know. Also, that would be an enormous help for the Islanders if the one player they took off their roster was Yaro Halak. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> and then you keep yeah. Dahan and Hickey and Strom and, and all these and Nelson and Lee and all these other guys. But 
Um, I just don't know. Like, I mean, what's he going to do? Is he going to sign like one of these AHL contracts? And he's gonna, literally going to have to build his career up again. And he's going to be 26 years old. Or he's already 25 now. I don't know when his birthday is, but he's going to be 25, 26 years old. Man, that that's rough. And it's just like, I just, I mean, like I, I defend Garth a lot of places, and I think he's done a pretty good job for himself over this last few years. But this just makes it just doesn't sit well with me. Like to have this happen and and to just watch this guy's career just go up in smoke. It just really bugs me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's 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 kind of prickish. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the best way to put it, I guess. And then and, and he kind of plays that card, Garth. He's like a just like a surly guy, which is frustrating. Yeah. And and like we've also said, like if someone tried to do this to Gar Snow, when Gar Snow was a player, would have killed him. God, like, yeah, it would have <laughs> literally been a big, big, big problem. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 Staple again alluded to this in, in the PDO cast where he says, you know, Garth is a guy who marches to the beat of his own drum and and you know doesn't do a lot of media, so it you know kind of comes off as as being you know I guess kind of a cold person, and and that's that's his prerogative. Like he doesn't have to you know do a ton of he he only does like a handful of interviews a year, and they're always says he always says the same thing, and you know marching to the beat of your own drum is fine, but it's like this is just not. This is not a good drum to have played. And, and for all the guys that he's given, again, like Al Montoya, for all the guys he's given chances to that really just needed the chance, you know, pick your favorite, Matt Molson, Pierre Parento, Thomas Hickey, all these guys, this is the opposite of that. And it just it really bugs me. But, um, yeah, so we'll have to see. I mean, they, they could call him up before the game uh, on Thursday. Again, I'm, I'm kind of betting not, but – but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, thirteen games left. A lot of a lot is up in the air still. <laughs> we could yeah. we could come back. You know, we could have been like you know, if you're looking at sort of a, a, a graph of our podcast, like they're really down, way low, way low, way low, and then really high, and then it could go womp, way low again. So yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think one one thing that's going to be interesting too is how the rest of the season plays out with with weight. I think that. He's he's basically on a on a show me kind of thing, both ways. Whereas he does he want to keep doing it, and and is this truly like the type of coach he is, where they're winning a lot of games at a clip? So, uh, it's just it's gonna be a little little bit of a interesting uh, thing on very uh, rest of the season on, on a lot of levels. You know, Tavares up in the air, Wade up in the air, the goalies. <laughs> The fact that there's the Islanders, so something horrible is probably <laughs> arena happen. stuff. Just... We haven't talked about arena stuff, but yeah, there's another <laughs> yes. one too. So uh, yeah, oh, and we're not going to talk about arena stuff, but uh, they Arthur and and David Lennon of Newsday wrote a thing today about how potentially the the uh, City Field may host the Winter Classic between the Rangers and Sabers. Um, you know, I, I get people's reactions. You know, could be quick on Twitter, but. I mean, we need to face facts that the Islanders are not like a marquee franchise and the Sabres, while also not a marquee franchise, for some reason, pull a ton of ratings. And so, I mean, I can totally see why they wouldn't use the Islanders. Like maybe if the Islanders deserve it one year, they'll get another one. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think this is the year. They're not going to give a bubble team. The Islanders were lucky to get one outdoor game. I can't imagine they get a second one, especially when they're like, you know, fighting for their playoff lives thanks to tiebreaker. Over, <laughs> over Tampa Bay team that you know everybody is literally hurt. So uh, it's gonna be and, and just a a little off that subject is that the Islanders' schedule for the rest of the year is so funny to me. <laughs> I didn't realize we haven't played the Predators yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, 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 I in my head I just assumed all right. We probably lost three one there. Maybe a late empty net goal for some like Mike Fisher scored, <laughs> and then maybe maybe we beat him in overtime mm. in the at the Barclays, yeah. but. That's not the case. We still haven't yeah. played them. And yet. they have three games against the Devils too, right? Three games, yeah. yeah. 
and they, yeah, they got two back-to-back <laughs> series left with Pittsburgh, Boston, yeah. and then oh, back-to-back right. with the Devils and Flyers. Yeah, next week is brutal. They got the Rangers Wednesday, and then Penguins, fly, Penguins, Bruins back-to-back. The twenty-fourth yep. in Pittsburgh, and then the home to the Bruins. Uh, yeah, this is. And then, and then, then the game on Monday is the Predators. So I mean, they they play the Blue Jackets, Rangers, Penguins, Bruins, Predators. After after the Jets, so it's. So maybe we should start thinking about tanking. Yeah, again. I, <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's. I mean, wait was said before another another classic Doug Wait quote. He doesn't want to get fined. So he didn't want to complain too much about the schedule, and then he went on to complain about the schedule. Yeah, I've never seen it like this. <laughs> this, this, yeah, is it crazy. is crazy, and you know, again, I, even last year, I don't remember it being. I don't remember looking at the schedule and being like, "Man, that's messed up." You know, I mean, okay. Yeah, there was no like crazy alarm bell. Like the nine-game road trip was an alarm bell. This, yeah. Last year, there wasn't. No. And I mean, it was okay. I was like, I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, fine. It's not Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday like they had had." for a hundred years at the Coliseum, but nothing stuck out at me as being like borderline unfair or made me say who, who came up the, the only one that I thought of was actually the, the first two games of their season were against the, the defending Stanley cup champion Blackhawks. And the, you know, the right. first game at Barclays center was that game and, and Gary Bettman himself. And you know, if you want to do the Google search, I promise you it's in there. I read it. It was a newsday story. And he said, you know, that didn't happen by accident, which is basically, you know, the commission saying, Hey, I'm helping you guys out, open your new arena against <laughs> the Stanley cup champs. And yeah, you know, they end up losing in overtime. It was a fine game, I guess, but you know, that's the only one that made me say, wow, well, that happened. Oh yeah. Okay. And then, you know, you read the ex- explanation from the commissioner and you're like, all right, I got it. I got it. But, um, this is this season has been something else, and if they can make it out of this thing and and make the playoffs, I mean, they, they'd probably be just happy to just see one team and go back and forth to whether it's Washington or Pittsburgh or whatever. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to yeah. to just go back and forth to one yeah. place. Yeah, and now I now I hope it isn't Pittsburgh because of you know I, I love Mark Streit, mm-hmm. and that when he got traded to the Lightning, I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. I can root for Mark Streit on the Lightning, and and then he gets flipped right away to the penguins and now i'm all upset <laughs> uh he he got a little um uh celebration today from because they were playing in in philly i don't know what the name what the game is it was two month and flyers at one point but uh i thought that was nice of them i didn't realize that he played like 270 games for the flyers yeah it seemed like that long ago that the islanders traded <laughs> yeah because he signed what he signed like a four-year deal with them right. so yeah yeah but it doesn't i remember i remember sitting there in the coliseum when he took the microphone yeah. and when he was talking about making the playoffs yeah. and and how he had the guys after the three stars all line up, yeah, yeah, he was like, I, "You want to, you want us to make the playoffs, right?" <laughs> well, yeah. we do too. Like, that's that very, very dry Swiss sense of humor. I love Mark Streit; he's one of my favorites of all time, and and uh, I hope that you know he can. Uh, he's one of those guys I hope becomes like a you know European scout or something for the Islanders. I really do. He's he's a smart oh, yeah, dude, me and, too. and I hope he he has a long and fruitful career. I hope he wins the Stanley Cup, even if it means with the Penguins. But uh, just you know, just to get it over with, and then he can retire. <laughs> um, okay, um, so I I will do this so that it is not a shameless plug. It is me plugging a project for my friend. Uh, if you have not yet listened to Mike's podcast, um, it's the first of. Of what we hope is an ongoing series. It's called Long Distance Fanatics. He spoke with uh, an Islanders fan named John, who is from Wales, which is, you know, obviously near England, uh, home of Anthony Hopkins, Catherine Zeta Jones, and lots of other famous people. Christian Bale, I thought was Welsh, but he's actually not Welsh. He grew up in Wales, but he is not considered to be Welsh. So uh. there you go. I found that out. Um, and uh, it was a really interesting listen because, I mean, 
I'm always fascinated by people that pick the Islanders that are from New York. Like, why on earth would you pick this team of all the teams? But for somebody from Europe to pick the Islanders is pretty wild. And and it's not going to be a hockey podcast specifically, right? But you are no, going to talk no, to people it, about why they pick American teams. Right, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the inspiration is, is kind of reverse how when people ask me why, why I root for, for Everton. So I, I've just been meeting so many foreigners and now with the – the, the access people have on streaming devices. There's so many fans of American teams. So yeah, I, I'm hoping the next episode actually would 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 it be a baseball episode with uh in in right before opening day. So, but I appreciate it. And um, yeah, no, it was it was very cool. And uh, you know, I we've talked about your Everton support. Dom obviously is a huge Arsenal guy, and and you know, my Twitter feed on Saturday mornings is people rooting for people and players and teams that I couldn't even, I don't even know if I can find them on the map. And, uh, it's interesting how, I don't know if I can, if I could find a, you know, put enough, I think the days of me putting enough effort into a team that I become a fan of them is, is a whole other thing. Actually, I was, my friend's wife is from Hull and, uh, I ah. was hanging out with them last week. My wife and I, we all went out for a big group thing and I was like, uh, so you're you're from Hull, correct? And she said, "Yeah." And I'm like, "I was watching your local boys play on on TV today." She goes, "Oh no, really?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> and she's like, "I'm not really a fan, but I'm just kind of like, you know, because they're we're from the same town." I'm like, "Yeah, I I got you, but uh, you know, if I can watch them in the morning, it's it's not Food Network and it's not Disney Junior, so I try and watch soccer." Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hull's Hull's a, Hull's a big rugby city, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, but they're they're in a bit of a bit of a relegation that, battle, so it's. They, it, very that fun. was the whole thing. I'm like, they staved off relegation for one more week. She goes, oh, good for them. <laughs> Obviously, she could probably care <laughs> they less. Actually, they, play, they play Everton on Saturday, which I'll be oh, watching wow. from okay. Las Vegas, which will be interesting. Oh, yes. All right. Well, there you go. Well, hey, listen, if you see George McPhee out there in Las Vegas, <laughs> definitely try and get him to take an Islander of somewhat less import than, say, Thomas Hickey, Calvin DeHaan, Ryan Strom. Yeah, you know, I know he knows the roster, but I think he needs a little yeah. bit of extra motivation. Yeah, maybe I can connect with some wise guys and we can work on something. <laughs> yeah, right. Get some guys with get some guys who wear like turtlenecks and sport jackets in, yeah. in Las Vegas. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Those are the guys to, to really get in there. Well, enjoy your time in Vegas. It's a it's a bachelor party, or is that what it is? Or Yes, yes, oh. yeah. My cousin. Oh, very nice. All right. Well try not to I don't know. Stay stay away from the law. At least <laughs> as best you can. Uh, we'll be here. I'll be at the game against the Jets uh, with uh, uh, our friend and Lighthouse Hockey commenter and uh, comic book writer and uh, historian Keith Dallas. We'll be sitting over there. Um, and there's Black Jersey night. Black jerseys are on sale. So if you're if you're gonna go there because they're going the way they're get they're going extinct at the end of the season. So if you're gonna buy something in the black. By now, because they won't be back in black next season. At least we don't think they will. <laughs> um, thanks to you very much for listening. Uh, we'll see everybody, I guess, at the end of this 13-game <laughs> stretch, I guess, in a couple weeks at the beginning of April. Uh, and we'll see where the Islanders are at, and hopefully they're, they're still in the thick of things, if not way ahead. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, I know you're going to be – the last place you should be when you're in Las Vegas on vacation is on Twitter, but please tell everybody what your Twitter handle is again. <laughs> It's uh, the Big Lebowski 2 E's. Big Lebowski 2 E's. I'm still a culture of losing. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will see you in a few weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye.